Hey there, and welcome to my weekly show at the beginning of the second half of 2022. Can you imagine that we're already past the halfway point of this year? It's insane. Hey, I've always announced this show as the weekly show, but I have an announcement about its title. This episode is made possible thanks to my community of patrons, people that support me with their monthly donations, and they make it possible for us as an organization to reach out, to make new programs, to every once in a while get some new equipment, pay the bills, very important, because of course, as you can imagine, with all these different channels, we have a lot of recurring costs, and we are most of all thankful for all the feedback of that community. It's a very supportive, uh, creative community that helps us make uh, the right choices and helps us discern what to do. And the fruit of that discernment is something I'm going to talk about in a minute, but not before, as I always do at the beginning of the new month, before I welcome the new members of our Patreon community by their names, And uh, Inge always uh, kindly makes a small list of all those new members because, of course, uh, I can't always remember everyone. And some of them are very new, and I am looking forward to making their acquaintance over time. So we have a number of new patrons that uh, started their, their patronage, is that how you say it, in the month of June. We've got Thomas Kent, Ramon Gosen, Gosen, Alan T, Kathy Voras, Arlene Allen, Robin Ramsey, and Chris Cassie, and Jill Christensen. Thank you so much for joining the community. I hope you have a wonderful time. And uh, make sure, if you haven't done so already, to also activate your Discord Uh, membership it's automatically linked to your patron membership if you have any trouble just ask us for uh, help it's very easy to install and through this discord you can join the rest of the community and uh, introduce yourself and 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 start the conversation with the rest of the members i also want to thank specifically michael um Michael Bone and Anne Merovich for upping their tier. So we have different tiers on Patreon, as you you know. We've got the 250, like very low threshold uh, uh, tier. Um, And then from the the $5 tier, you get more perks. And there is a new perk that is coming in the second half of 2022, and that is a flagship show, a podcast that is only available to the patrons and in which I will do deep dives in the meaning of the movies, television series, books, basically all the stories out there. And instead of just adding these little snippets in in all the various uh, um, social media channels that I that I have um, it, it allows me to to focus on one topic on one book or one movie uh, and to really go in depth and also to talk about spoilers which oftentimes I don't do here on the podcast because well not everyone has already seen the TV show or movie that I talk about whereas with these specialized shows, it's going to be much easier to, well, give a number of you what you've asked me for. And that is, yeah, please give us something where you can talk spoilers because we've seen the series. We want to hear your opinion. So I'm very happy to be able to offer that for the $5 and, and more 
uh, tier, and then you've got subsequent tiers. So if you are currently at the 250 tier and you'd love to hear that uh, new show called, by the way, Story Secrets, because that's basically what it is. It's the secrets behind the stories, the deeper layers. Then um, then consider just upping your tier and moving from the 250 to the $5 tier, if, of course, that is possible for you. I'm really looking forward to uh, start this new endeavor for our uh, for our patrons. And then we have some returning patrons. So every once in a while, people will have to stop their patronage, their monthly donations for multiple reasons. And sometimes when things change, they return. And so I want to welcome back Chris Perno. And, uh, ooh, that's tiny letters here on my screen. Old Gioi Onoi. I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly. And Pedro Chavez. Thank you so much for returning. Welcome back to the community. And thank you so much for your ongoing support. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland. And we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. So, what about those announcements? What's the big news of this second half of 2022? Now, if you follow my uh, my episodes of The Walk, and especially if you're a patron and you listen to The Extra Mile, which is one of the podcasts that we post to the patrons, you have heard me uh, develop ideas on how to manage these different channels and, more importantly, how to help the various audience that we have, audiences that we have, the best, how to provide people what they're actually asking us. And that is one of the most important things that we feel we have to do over at Tridio Media, is to make sure that what we do corresponds to an actual question. Um, there's a lot of one-way communication going on in the world and also in the church, but the best way to make sure that you're actually useful and that people want to want to listen to you uh, and, and want to join your mission is if what you offer corresponds to what people need. So we've, we've talked about this uh, a lot. Um, Inge and I are always weekly talking about this, sometimes also talking with you, the community, during our weekly community hour when we record uh, the To The Max podcast. Um, but also with our board, our supervisory board, as you know, uh, Tridio is not just Inge and me, it's also a board that used to be the, the board of the organization. We're a nonprofit organization. But uh, things have changed for legal reasons in the, in, in the Netherlands. And so uh, we now have a supervisory board. And then there is, well, there's me, who is the CEO of, the <laughs> of Tridio. Um, but the supervisory board is very important in protecting, uh, and this is very important, the overall mission of what we do. Make sure that we, uh, that, that what we do uh, corresponds to the mission that we've defined ourselves. And what is that mission? It's very simple. Uh, remember that, that wonderful story that we read in the Gospels about, uh, this happens after the resurrection, about these uh, two disciples of Jesus, former disciples, because the last thing they heard of him was that he died and uh, he was crucified. And so they feel lost. They walk away from Jerusalem. 
They are on the road, but they don't know where they're going. Um, and they're kind of reminiscing. And then someone joins them. We know that it's Jesus, but they don't know yet. And he listens to them. And so they share with him everything that has happened. And then he joins the conversation and he starts to explain, you know, everything was supposed to happen like this. And, and, and still they don't recognize him. And then they arrive at this village called Emmaus and uh, they tell him to maybe uh, come with them because it's already getting dark and they're going to have a meal together. And that's what they do. And then during the meal, Jesus takes the bread and breaks it and gives it to them. And that's when they recognize him. That's when they are all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, he is here with us. And then later on when, when Jesus is, uh, has departed, they share amongst each other, didn't our hearts burn? He, he was right there. And for us, that story is the defining uh, biblical text of our, our mission. That is what we want to do. We want to journey with our listeners and with our viewers, with you, with the community. We are not there at the end of the road, kind of shouting at you, come over here. Uh, nor are we lagging behind and just looking at how you live your life, observing and sometimes just like doing one-way communication like here. Uh, this is what we made for you. No, this is all about a journey. And it's a journey that involves you in your journey of life and your journey of faith. And at the same time, it's also our journey. We as, as content makers are also on a journey. We also learn if there's one thing that I share with you all the time in, in whatever I do is what I discover, what I've learned, and then I pass it on to you. And sometimes that will help you. And sometimes you're like, well, you know what? That's not really my cup of tea or it's not applicable. And sometimes it, 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 it joins people years later. I often have that when people all of a sudden out of the blue send me an email and they say, hey, I found this video or this uh, podcast recording from years ago and wow, it was exactly what I needed to hear. So the whole uh, idea that we have is whatever we do, it's the purpose is that it helps you along the way. And it what we make is made in conjunction with you. That is why this patron community is so important for us because it's it's a it's a literally uh, a, our our fellowship. We walk together. It's not just our mission. It's a mission that we carry together. And the community itself has also a role in welcoming new members and also sharing what they have to share. And so this back and forth, this journeying, this walking together is essential to what we do. And so with that in mind we have decided to uh, make some changes in the way we present the content to you and also what we do and what we're no longer going to do. Now, don't worry. Everything you like, everything that you're currently listening to and following, none of that is going gonna, is gonna to disappear. None of that is going to change. But we're going to bring more focus to it. So first of all, you know that uh, I've always used this one YouTube channel for all my streams. I would post my reviews, my uh, Star Wars videos, reaction videos, all that uh, on that channel. But I also used it to stream the online, the online mass, the mass for geeks on uh, each Sunday. 
uh, which is a very different thing. It's it's related because, you know, I'm a geek and during that mass in the homily, I also use a lot of examples from the world of geeks to explain the gospel. But it's still a very, very different thing than what we, than, than the rest of the, of that channel. Now, we've decided to bring that stream over to this um, Tridio Media channel. That's a YouTube channel that we've used in the past also for live streams. And then after a while, we started to develop the Father Roderick brand. That sounds a bit weird, but we, we wanted to make our offerings a bit more personable. And so instead of just calling it Tridio Productions, we just linked it to to me as a person so that it would be a little bit more relatable so it would get a face that's basically it and so um since we then you know called the 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 website we turned that into father roderick we made the the the, the, all the channels were called father roderick we had this consistent branding in all these different channels and so the the YouTube channel for Tridio Media kind of fell by the wayside because it's it's just an umbrella organization, at least in, in its current functioning. And so that channel is still really, um, really great. It has a lot of, of uh, um, members. Um, uh, it, it's... Um, We've we've used it um, over the past year, I think, for some of our Lego videos. We've got these educational Lego videos, you know, where um, I explain Easter with the use of Lego. Those have been very popular. So that that has kept the channel alive. But then that was about it. I did like a behind the scenes. Originally, we we thought, well, maybe we can do some behind the scenes stuff on on that channel. But we never got around to doing that because it's it's all a bit too much effort for not not much. Uh, in terms of reach. And so now that we are refocusing our YouTube channels, we, we, we said, hey, we're going to bring that Mass for Geeks to the Tridio Media YouTube channel. So in case you want to follow that, you want to get notified when that Mass goes live every Sunday, make sure to look for Tridio Media on YouTube and to subscribe and to there's this bell icon and if you click it, you'll be more likely to get notified when the channel goes live. It's not guaranteed because, you know, YouTube is a bit weird sometimes, but it will heighten the chances. The second thing, what is that? <laughs> there's this, <laughs> this truck passing by the, the there's a rotunda here, uh, or a, how do you call that? Wow, listen to that. That's a very loud car. Uh, I think even the microphone picked it up. So that there is a busy road uh, just outside the window. And um, yeah, normally I, I don't hear it that much, but well, tonight they're probably, I don't know, in the mood to make some noise. Um, so the, the second thing that we're going to do is to bring these live podcasts to the Tridio Media channel. So both this podcast that you're currently listening to, uh, whenever I can, I will stream that live and I will notify you on the Discord server if you're a patron or via my social media channels. And also the community hour. So that's the Friday afternoon podcast uh, hour that I uh, do together with my co-host Inge. And uh, so those are three live streams that are going to move from my current uh, YouTube channel to uh, the Tridio Media channel. So that's the first announcement. Second announcement is I'm going to, or I'm actually already in a process of reorganizing a couple of my YouTube channels. 
one of the things that I just said about listening to your audience and walking with them instead of just like, hey, I came up with this wonderful idea. Here, you're going to like it. Mm. Instead of doing that, which is kind of a little bit what I've been doing over time, I want to make it a new, uh, I want to make a new commitment that I want to deliver what people are actually looking for. And this is also where all the, the let's say, the, the, the numbers behind the channels are so helpful. Um, so Google and TikTok give you lots of statistics. So you can actually measure and track what people will consume, what will engage them, how long they will watch, what kind of topics are of interest and what other topics are kind of left by the wayside. All that is extremely valuable information that as a content producer I can see, but the visitors of my channel, of course, not. And so one of the conclusions after studying this for a number of weeks and thinking about this was that it's very, very clear what my audiences are telling me to do. And it, it's different between the two channels. Uh, on TikTok, it is obviously very, very, very clearly an audience that wants me to do religious analysis of anime and manga. And it is so crystal clear. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. I put up a short TikTok video the other day about a trailer, like a new teaser trailer for uh, the Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings series that's going to be on Amazon Prime. And, uh, oh, wow, even more noise outside. Now this is an ambulance. <laughs> this is not a good time to record a podcast. Quiet. Well, they probably have a reason to make noise. Um so they want me to do that. Uh, that video about the Rings of Power, and I love that. And, and people have been encouraging me, just share what you like, share what you love. Huh, but what if nobody really cares? Should I even put effort in that? Because, you know, creating even a TikTok video of two minutes takes hours and hours of work. Well, to, just to give you an idea, that video now has about 6,000 views, which is, which is nice, but it's nothing compared to the previous video <laughs> which was about this anime series the it was a like a comparison of a scene in that anime movie or whatever episode and then the crucifixion the iconography of the crucifixion in the eastern orthodox church and in the catholic church so that video now has more than two million views just let that sink in. Two million views. It's insane. The last time I had so many views of a video was when I did my first video reaction to the trailer for The Force Awakens. And that was on a YouTube, YouTube channel that is not even there anymore. So it's insane that, that for something as obscure as, you know, an anime from the 1995 uh, era... Uh, that, that, that there is such a worldwide global interest for, well, my kind of approach to that. So, and, and this has been very, very, um, uh, uh, how do you say that? Consistent. So whenever I look at the, the, the statistics of all these videos, every time I do anime, manga, it explodes, it goes viral, and people are like hundreds and hundreds of reactions per day. Um, 
when I do something else, equally geeky to me, it gets a few thousand views. Some of them may go to like 10 or 12,000, even if I do Star Wars. It's just not the audience that wants me to do that on that channel. And so I made a decision. It's so clear that this audience wants me to do anime and manga. That's what I'm going to do. There's so much material there that I can comment on, and it proves to be a very fertile ground for evangelization and for uh, catechesis. So that's what I'm going to commit to. The YouTube channel is very different. We have similar tendencies there where, where the statistics are showing huge differences between the various types of content. It used to be just this place where I would do whatever I pleased. Well, turns out there is one category that everybody wants to see more of. And all the analysis, even I've... I've oh, wow, it's a second ambulance. Wow, I hope it's nothing... Usually there's an accident when they have two ambulances like that. Anyway, so... Uh, th th this one topic that always n never fails to trigger that audience on YouTube is Star Wars. People do click on the other stuff, but it's just a few percentage of the, uh, of the massive interest that there is for Star Wars. So again, the audience has spoken, and this is consistent over months. So it's clear what I had to do. I have to rearrange that channel and focus solely on Star Wars. But what about all the other stuff? Well, don't worry about that. Um, I'm going to bring all the other geeky interests into this show. This is, has always been the place where I could just talk about anything. And that's part of what you as a podcast audience have always told me. It's like we like the variety. We like the diversity. It just changes. You never know what you're going to get. It's this, you know... That, that, the dynamic of this podcast makes it so fun to listen to because it's, it's, it's this whole slew of different topics. So the lack of focus is, is its main selling point. And so, but the consequence is that if I talk about, for instance, I've watched a movie and it's not Star Wars. Hey, I can talk about it here. I can review it here. If I want to do an in-depth analysis, I can always do it on the, the Story Secrets show. If I really, if there's this one movie that I feel like I have to go in-depth and talk spoilers, I can do that on the special Patreon podcast. But I don't have to do that here. Nor do I have to, you know, work very hard to create all sorts of videos about these topics and then put them on YouTube and then see that, yeah. It doesn't do anything. The people that are there are there for Star Wars. They want to hear this Star Wars priest. And actually, I know that community because I met a lot of its members at the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim and hopefully next year in London, I will also meet the, them again. So for me, it was, uh, it was very liberating to go through this channel and create new playlists. And when you go through, this is like a channel that's been around for three years now. And I see just all the videos that I put on that channel. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, no wonder it doesn't work. It's such an eclectic mix of stuff. And because every video takes so much time to make, none of the videos are really good. Maybe good in contents, but definitely not good in execution. That's something I learned from TikTok is the more your video is like top-notch in production quality, the more traction it will get. So limiting my YouTube activity to Star Wars on this main channel 
is going to help me to invest more time and care to to this to these these videos so that they can reach much farther. That is that is my plan. And so I'd already moved the Lego to its own YouTube channel. So there's a Lego channel where um, you know, I do live streams and then every time, every once in a while, I'll do one of those catechesis videos. I will continue to do that. But that's just a channel for fun. And, you know, I've, I've started to do Lego sessions again and, and it's a ton of fun. There's just a very small crowd, uh, but we always chat. And, and it's just, a for me, a channel to hang out on and I don't have to worry that much about... Uh, it's not actually even about the Lego per se. It's just the community... Thing and this ASMR uh, sound of all the the bricks that are you know making these clicking noises it's a ton of fun. So that's that's my Lego channel. And then of course we've we've got the 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 um, the the all the stuff that that um, has to do with my travels. So that's more like the vlogging documentary type of stuff. Um, I'm that I haven't made a decision on that, and maybe it's not just me that has to decide upon uh, uh, about that. But I'm thinking that maybe the best channel to put that on would also be either the Tridio Media channel or a specific channel that would focus on travel videos. I mean, even even my videos from Poland from World Youth Day that that is almost ten years ago. They still get hundreds of hits every month. So. There is a longevity of those travel videos of that documentary style stuff that is extremely long tail in its effect. So that is worth also investing in, but it has to be on its separate channel. And then the final announcement has to do with the title of this show. Now, now that I'm adding a new show, I gave it a title, it's called, you know, Story Secrets with Father Roderick. I'm thinking there's this one podcast that used to be my only podcast, That and a Walk, and that's this one that you're currently listening to, and it used to have a different name, and then for whatever reason, I stopped using that name, and I just, you know, called it Father Roderick, but Father Roderick what? Everybody always is like, so what's the name of your show? It's Father Roderick. Yeah, that's your name. What's the name of the show? And I don't want to call it the Father Roderick show because that sounds weird in my Dutch ears. It's not something we do over here in Europe. So I don't want to call it like that. But whatever, what was wrong with the, with the existing name? This show started in 2005. That's how old this show is. As The Daily Breakfast. And it was a daily show. And then when we turned that into a weekly show, I wanted to keep a little bit of that vibe of the breakfast because it was actually something you could listen to while you were having your breakfast or a break. And then I was like, hey, that's a great name. We'll just call it The Break with Father Roderick. And you listen to it whenever you need a break. You know, it can be when you're commuting, can be during your lunchtime, when you're walking the dog. This is the perfect stuff. It's not a course. It's not like a homily or a sermon. It's not, you know, it's it's just entertainment with a little bit of, you know, deeper layers to it. And so for many years, this show was called The Break. And then maybe I think one of the reasons that we changed the name or that we didn't call it The Break anymore was that there was, I think, a TV show or TV that, that was calling itself The Break. But that was very short-lived, and now that name is not in use anymore. And so 
for this second half of 2022, starting today, this show is going back to its original name. And it will be called, from now on till henceforth, The Break with Father Roderick. So we're going to make some uh, changes to the artwork. But I hope you enjoy that. And, and to me, it again, the title should cover what it is. And that's hopefully what it is. It's just an entertaining break. Speaking of entertainment, I've been going on way too long about all these changes. It's time to take a break. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. Today I want to talk about a television series that I've been watching for three years now. And the fourth season has been posted on Netflix recently in two parts. They started with uh, the first seven episodes and then I think they posted another two episodes. And of course I'm talking about Stranger Things. And one of the reasons that I love that show so much is that it takes place in the time of my youth. It is taking place in the 80s. That's when I was in high school. And so when I watch these stories, I recognize so much of like the hairstyles, the music, the, the just the, the world in which these characters live. And it's so well executed. And this was around the time that the American culture the American popular culture started to pervade also the European culture. And this was relatively new, and it was thanks to the, the media that were changing. We, were, we didn't have the internet yet, but we did, did have computers. Computer games were on the rise. Uh, there were more movies that would reach mainland Europe. And so a lot of the, of the also the way in which people would dress, the music that they would listen to, uh, became global. And, and so that's why I can always so re relate so well to Stranger Things. Another thing that I love about Stranger Things is that it is about very relatable kids. Like all these different characters, and there's a whole ton of them, are very much like the kids in my class, the kids in high school. And uh, it's not, you know, like... <laughs> I can I can point to certain uh, past classmates and say, oh, that is th this girl or that. But but it's it's the same style and the same variety. And and the it's a show where a lot of the you know the cast members are are nerds, and there is a, a bit of that awkward age where you're now like 12, 13, 14, You start to grow up. You you're kind of insecure about your identity. Um, and the nerdy kids would get together and just be nerdy. And then you would ha have all the cool kids and the hip kids and they would be good at sports and the boys would always be popular with the girls and vice versa. And and, and the, the nerds were always kind of at the side observing that. I was part of the nerd group, as you can imagine. And so this fourth season totally revives that and it's an amazing story now of course it's not just about the 80s it's also about monsters from this parallel world that is super dark and all these you know devilish creatures taking over the the real world it's done 
super, super well. And so I've watched the first episode, and I'm uh, committing myself to watching one episode for lunch every day. So I, I do watch a lot of television during lunchtime right now. I do that on purpose, because if I go and watch TV in the evening, I will go to bed too late, and I'd rather just, you know, build Lego when I'm right before going to bed. It's, it's better for my sleep uh, rhythm. So, um, th- but that first episode was absolutely amazing. Um, and you've got the, the club, the D&D club, that the, uh, the, the, the nerdy kids are a part of. And it's, it's called something like the Devils, the Devils, what was it again? I, um, I, I did some research on that because it sounded familiar. Um, let's see, was that, where did I write that down? Oh, yeah, it's called the Hellfire Club. And so the Hellfire Club is a, <laughs> a group of D&D players, Dungeons and Dragons, which I've never played, but that is about to change. I'll get to that later. Um, where you basically, you do a campaign and you have to explore dungeons and you use the dice to defeat the monsters or they defeat you. Now, the thing is, uh, this the, the name of that club... Uh, the, the Hellfire Club, that refers to a real institution in Ireland and, and England in the 18th century. These were like gentlemen's clubs where also, you know, rich women would uh, would be members of. And uh, this was basically kind of high society clubs, very exclusive, where they would talk about poetry and art and culture and philosophy. But huh, the name kind of gives it away. The Hellfire Clubs, these these clubs, were also sometimes dabbling in in less savory behavior, and and one of the things that they would often do, and it, apparently that was a thing at the time, was to mock religion. So they were so sophisticated, of course. So of course, they didn't believe in all that religious stuff, but they would still feel the need to parody it. And so they would often come together on Sundays dressed up as biblical characters and they would perform these mock religious services. That is kind of borderline esoteric, right? And even though they would always say, well, it's just for fun, we're just, we're just messing with you. Um, I still think that it's not by accident that this Dungeons & Dragons group of kids is named after that club. Because uh, and actually, it was not just one club. There were more more of them in Ireland as well that were that were called Hellfire clubs. But there is, of course, this this kind of insidious connotation of like, huh, there is something a bit like counter-religious in there. And then, according to the founder of the first Hellfire Club, the real president of the club was the devil himself, and the members would call themselves also devils. So you see that this is getting eerily close to what's happening in in the fourth season of uh, Stranger Things, where it, the whole idea is if you open the door just a crack to these devilish creatures, they will get in. And so even if it's just for fun, it's always a bit risky to play with the devil in a certain way, thinking that you can win. Um, before you know it, you could open the door to his influence. And that, of course, is not something you want to do. And Stranger Things is gives a very, f- like, visible, physical 
uh, uh, idea of um, what ultimately, of course, is a spiritual process, where, where if you if you open your heart to sin, it will start to corrupt your heart, and and it's like, you know, your focus determines your reality. It's something Obi Wan uh, says to Anakin, and it, it's very true. If you the, if you focus on the negative, if you are always uh, even in, in, in the way you consume the news or you, you the people you follow on on social media, if if it's if you're opening the door to all this negativity or this harshness, this kind of the cruelty that sometimes people display in the way they 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 fight their opponents. Even if you tell yourself, ah, I'm just reading this, I'm just observing this, it will have an influence on you and it may actually start to corrupt you yourself and you start to beha- behave in the same way. So, huh, you know, all these psychological things and, and the spiritual side of it, 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 it's very close. Anyway, none of that is, of course, really uh, a central theme in Stranger Things. However, I do believe that it has a, a, a strong metaphorical um, purpose. It, it is, like any good story, also a mirror for us. And, and uh, uh, the, 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 the literally the cracks in the, in the walls that open to this other, you know, the, 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 the upside down, the, this dark world, are, you know, these cracks are a metaphor of the cracks in our own hearts and minds and maybe even in our society. Uh, the more the more violence there is, the more violence will generate violence. Uh, we see that with all the mass shootings in the United States, all that, you know, the, all these arm, these, these guns and, 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 and military weapons. Even if you say, well, it's just because of our Second Amendment and, yeah, it's, it's just part of our identity. Is it... Is it just something you can separate from behavior? A lot of people who cause these mass shootings show the opposite. And if it's available, uh, it can be used for, for horrible things. Anyway, I'm glad in, in a way that Stranger Things is just about creepy monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Catholics rock! It's time for a short visit to the Peculiar Bunch, and this is where you can ask anything you always wanted to know about Catholics, but you were afraid to ask. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? Today I want to talk about Captain Pike in Star Trek Strange New Worlds and the relation to a very important theological theme. Man... You guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. So one of the most successful and, and definitely most appreciated new Star Trek series is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, it was created as a spin-off of Star Trek Discovery because Star Trek Discovery in the early seasons are taking place in the, around the time of, of the Enterprise. And so... There is this crossover that happens, and then the crew of Discovery just travels forward in time, and so there's no overlap. And the the, the few episodes that featured 
the 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 starship enterprise with its original crew this is before captain kirk took the helm uh these few episodes were so popular with the fans that paramount decided to create a full spin-off and to make it more episodic more like the original star trek series and that has proven to be a fantastic choice because everybody's raving about this series um, it's the concept, it's also the actors, it's the vibe. It, it really feels like classic Star Trek. And I hope it sends, the popularity sends a strong signal to Paramount that that is what the fans want. I hope they listen to their audiences instead of just saying, hey, no, we want Discovery. That you, you need to like Discovery. Well, I'm not sure if that works. So, but what, what I love about the story, so I've seen, I've seen two episodes. There are nine episodes, I think, now. And uh, this is part of Paramount Plus, so it's not available everywhere. When I was in the United States, I was able to watch it. Uh, I think Paramount even has a channel with ads. Is that correct? Or was that Hulu? I don't remember. Anyway, so I watched the first two episodes, and I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is already right now my favorite Star Trek series ever. I just love everything about it. And what I appreciate even more was that it starts with a very tormented captain uh pike of course one of the the defining characteristics of his character is that he knows how he will die and when he will die he has seen it and uh, so this is part of another story he's got this vision and he knows 100 percent certain when he's going to die and how he's going to die and he's haunted by that vision and it's going to take place in about 10 years from the time where we're at in 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 Star Trek uh, 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 Strange New Worlds. And so the question, of course, is uh, what does that do to you if you know you're going to die? He, old, he in, Initially, he resigns. He's no longer in space. And he, the beginning of the first episode... Uh, sees him getting a call to action. It's like, you have to come back because your former uh, number one is missing and we need you at the helm. And then he initially refuses. And of course, he's got the, the kind of the, the beard, very much a trope, uh, like he lives in a very cold environment and a very rugged life and he doesn't want to go back into space. And but, but of course, there wouldn't be a series if he wouldn't change his mind. So he does accept the call. And then he calls Spock, who is the opposite of him. And Spock is immediately, even though he just got engaged, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. It's the most logical thing to do. And that's how that adventure gets started. And what, what I like about the first two episodes is that you see how Pike struggles with the idea of uh, his, his imminent death and the question if it truly matters what he does and if this is what he should do with his life if he's going to die anyway what good does it do and it's this this idea of determinism versus free will if you know that it's your fate your destiny to die and you know the time and the place um what room is there for free will is there is can can history take another course no matter how well i will behave and how moral the choices will be that i make i'm still going to die so that's a very interesting theological question um you can relate this to the to the big question of if god is outside of time 
if God is eternal, he knows not just the past, but also the present and the future. God already knows past, present, and future. But if God knows the future, how can we have free will? How can it still matter what we do? Why doesn't he act if he sees that things are going wrong and he knows, for instance, that there's going to be this major catastrophe? Why doesn't he just interfere and and, and, and make sure it doesn't happen or save the people before uh, the disaster strikes? It's a huge question that people, many people, also Christians, struggle with. And it's ultimately also a question that becomes very personal. You know, if God already knows how my life is going to end, does it really matter what I do? And if you, if you, um, if you push that too far, you get this kind of like this, some currents in Protestantism that are very deterministic, where the idea is God decides and already knows, and it is already predetermined whether you will go to hell or to heaven. And whatever you do, it doesn't matter. God already knows. It's already, you know, in the books. And so, if I understand it correctly, um, if you are successful, if you're doing good, then that's a clear sign that you'll probably go to heaven. But you can still mess it up. If you do evil things, if you sin, if you, if you follow the vices in life instead of the ideals and the virtues, then yeah, you'll probably go to hell, just as God has already foreseen. So it's, ugh, it's very suffocating to think about it like that. And in, in, these, in Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds, that is definitely a, a big struggle for, for Captain Pike, much bigger struggle than you know, the occasional alien that he has to beat up. <laughs> and so in the second episode, they encounter this, uh, this asteroid, and it turns out the asteroid is followed by, um, by a spaceship, um, that is protecting the asteroid because the aliens on that spaceship say, well, it's not an asteroid. It's a divine being and it knows the future. So whatever you do, it has already thought of that. And, and so whatever it does, it, it, the problem is it's going to crash into a planet with millions or billions of people on it. And so Captain Pike is like, yeah, we need to interfere. But then the aliens are like, no, 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 no. If, if the asteroid wants to crash into that planet, that's the plan. We need to respect that. We cannot interfere. And Pike, of course, like any good Star Trek captain, is like, yeah, what? I'm not going to, <laughs> to obey to those rules. No, I'm going to try to do what I can, save, these, save this planet, and see if I can talk in some, one way or another to, to this alien asteroid and see if I can change its course or its mind. And, and what I love about it is that in the end, you still don't know if, if the, the ending came about through the interference of Captain Pike and the Enterprise or whether that was the plan all along. But what does matter to Pike, and that's the big lesson that he learns, um, is that he needed to act. It was imperative that he did something. It was the moral thing to do. And the, it was almost like a resisting this, this determinism where you don't care anymore because whatever happens is going to happen. And he feels like, no, I have done something. And maybe it, I was supposed to do that. Maybe that was also part of the plan. But if I hadn't done it, 
it would have resulted in this massive catastrophe where billions of people on that planet had died. So who cares if the future is already known? What matters is that I follow my conscience that tells me I need to act now. And so your guide in this, in this uh, earthly life is your conscience that will steer you, that will tell you what to do. And if God gave us a conscience, then he means that it matters what we do. Otherwise, he could have just told us, you do whatever you want. But he gave us a conscience to whisper in our ear, to tell us the truth, to, 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 to impact our choices. We can, of course, choose to ignore that conscience and do the opposite of what is good. But then we're, we're, we're heading to our own destruction and, and so the fact that God gave us his conscience is a great gift and that if we listen to it, we will in fact improve our life and also the lives of the people around us. That in itself tells me that it's okay, that God knows the future but still wants me to be here and to play my role and to make the right choices. And so the episode ends with Pike kind of being strengthened again it's like yeah okay i know that i'm going to die but it will not stop me from doing the right thing it will not stop me from being a captain for this crew that needs me and doing the right thing whenever i can that for me was one of the major reasons that i love the start of this new season i can't wait where the writers will go next when did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics Last night, the packet, the extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? I am so stoked about this new audiobook that I'm listening to. And it just came out. Normally, I don't buy new books because it's expensive. I always wait for the sales on the Amazon uh, page. And I have this subscription to this, um, I think it's a Swedish or Danish uh, company, uh, where I can listen to thousands of audiobooks for free. Well, for free. I pay a monthly fee, but it's 11 bucks, and I, I listen to maybe 10 or more books every month. So it's definitely worth, uh, worth the price of admission. The, the downside is it doesn't have access to all the audiobooks out there, and there are certain publishers that don't work with Storytel, like Penguin, like some, of, uh, some American publishers, and huh, unfortunately also all the publishers that publish Star Wars stuff. It's not available on Storytel. They used to have it, but then they pulled it from the catalog. And so this new book came out that I heard everybody rave about. It's called Shadow of the Sith. And it's a story, and that's why I wanted to read it. It's a story about the origins of Rey, about her parents. And you know the, that the father of Rey was a son of Palpatine. What is that story? We don't get to know it. And so, you know, the the rise of Skywalker uh, feels like it's missing essential information um, and, and, and does things plot-wise that are not warranted because they've never been set up. And, you know, that explains a lot of the criticism on that movie. But this is Star Wars. And Star Wars is not just movies. And, 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 and what I love so much about Star Wars is that they continue to fill in 
the gaps. They did that with Obi-Wan Kenobi. They did it with Boba Fett. Um, and, and they do it with the comics. And so in this novel, we finally get to hear the backstory of Rey's parents and how she ended up on that planet. And there's going to be Luke and Lando Calrissian also involved in some kind of interstellar race. It, it sounds so incredibly cool. And so I got the audiobook, and it, I got it for free, not because it's available for free, and, and not because I downloaded it illegally. No, it's because um, I, I have, uh, th- thanks to my Android phone, I have a Google Play Store points. So whenever you make a purchase on the Google Play Store, you get points, and those add up. And uh, you can, if you get to 100 points, that's worth one euro. Um, so over time, I, last year I bought a lot of the Wheel of Time books, so that gave me a ton of points. And there was also uh, another app, or it, it is an app, that gives you these surveys. It's also by Google, and it's usually about supermarket stuff, you know. So which, did you visit this or this store? And yeah, so you you, you do these these uh, some, these. Um, uh, inquiries uh, mostly to twice a week um, and it's very simple stuff and it's always the same because I, I always go to the same stores and I buy the same stuff so I don't know exactly how that can be of use to Google but anyway they give you they give you credit also so I, I, I saved up like 15 or 16 bucks of credit plus plus Google points and the book itself is currently on sale on the Google Play store for I think I paid 15 euros or fourteen ninety nine for the Penguin, the so the, the British version. There was also an American version, exactly the same, and it cost twenty bucks. So anyway, I started listening to it, and I am so happy that I got the audiobook because it is amazing. Not only is it a very good reader, but it's got all the music, it's got sound effects, it's got it's like listening to an audio play. I see the movie in my head, and it's such a fun story. The first two chapters are already blowing me away. And this is a 17-hour book, audiobook. So it's not, it's not the, the, a small book. It's not a simple story. And uh, again, the reviews are raving, and they all say the same. It's like this. This is extraordinarily good. This may be one of the best Star Wars novels written so far in the new canon. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm contemplating doing a uh, community read of this book and and maybe um, do that on my YouTube channel. Um, do like these live sessions after I've read uh, 10 chapters and then just talk about the evolution of that. If that's something that you'd be interested in or you may even want to join me on a chat about the book, let me know. Uh, on Discord, we have a book section, or you can also reach me through other social media channels. If you're re- already reading this book or you're planning to and you'd like to talk about it every once in a while uh, to discuss uh, the story, then then let me know. I think it would be a lot of fun to have, you know, a Star Wars book club. The scientifically wonderful world of science. What sort of science? Welcome back, science friends. Speaking of space, the final frontier, uh, the James Webb Telescope is finally ready for action, and much earlier than anyone expected. It took them six months to completely unfold the telescope and to calibrate it. And there were some setbacks, 
like one of the mirrors, because the thing consists of a lot of different mirrors that have to all like point in a certain direction to am amass all that visual information and infrared information. One of the mirrors got struck by a micro uh, meteorite. And eh, that's always the big risk in space. It's, it's it, There are a number of movies that show you what happens if, if your spaceship gets perforated even by a tiny little pebble. The speed with which these tiny little, you know, pieces of debris are, are uh, uh, racing through space is, is sometimes incredible. And so the impact is going to cause a major, is major damage. And so one of those mirrors got misaligned through that tiny little micro meteorite. And they had to adapt it. And they were able to make it work. So they just adjusted it a little bit to compensate for the damage that was done. And now it's perfectly aligned, ready to take its first photographs. And I cannot wait to see what they are going to show us because we're going to be looking at the beginning of time or at least the earliest phases of the universe as we know it. may not be the beginning of time, but definitely we're going to the earliest moments of the Big Bang. And that in itself is just insanely interesting. So I'll keep you informed on this podcast. Uh, but man, these are great times to live in. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has a lot of old devices lying around, like an old phone or an old tablet that you bought years ago, and then at one point it, they stopped providing you with the security updates, and then you didn't want to sell it because it's an old thing. You couldn't find anyone to give it to, and so it's just in one of your closets or in a drawer. I have a number of those devices, and... Uh, even though I, I, I've done my best to declutter as much as possible, um, some of these devices still kind of work, kind of. Um, one of them is my old iPhone 6. You cannot upgrade it anymore, but it still has a functioning camera, which is actually pretty good, the, the, the camera in the back. I filmed an entire you know three-part documentary with that phone. Um, the battery is still pretty good. It's actually lasting an entire day, which is surprising for such an old phone. And it still kind of feels like an iPhone. Uh, but the, the apps, a lot of the apps are no longer usable, at least not the, the, the latest apps. And some, some of the apps require the newest version to function. So I can't run every app on it, but I do use it um, as a device for the, uh, the teleprompter that I have. So it's a little mirror, like a slanted mirror in front of the camera. And it, whenever I have to look at the camera and just it, <laughs> tell a whole story without, without hesitating, I project the, the, the text that I want to record onto the iPhone that is reflected in a mirror and the camera shoots through the mirror. So 
that's a great, great use for that particular iPhone. And then I have my old iPad, the iPad Air, uh, the f- first iPad Air. And it's, it's, you know, it's got a pretty small screen, but it still works. And again, battery power is pretty amazing. Um, but old and the difference between the iPhone and the iPad was the iPad was getting really, really, really slow, um, it, especially when I was typing. Like y- you would type on the on the screen, you know, and then you would hear the sounds like tick, 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 but nothing would appear. And then all of a sudden it would type the entire phrase. And, and uh, also just closing and opening apps. It was just so incredibly slow. Um, and I often still use that iPad as a replacement for my newer iPad uh, when that one is charging. So I use my iPad all the time. And so uh, oftentimes I have to recharge it during the day or I've forgotten to recharge it during the night. So, um, and, th- and then I use the old iPad to be able to browse or to send off an email or um, check my TikTok feed and stuff. Uh, and and but it became so slow. So today I spent my lunch uh, looking at all sorts of sites and, and videos on how to improve the speed. And there were a ton of things that I could do. A lot of uh, functionality that Apple has been adding over the years, long after they launched this iPad Air, can, was so you know resource heavy that it slowed down the whole thing. Especially especially Siri, because Siri is not just the you know, uh, a personal assistant, but it's also a built-in search and it searches everything continuously so that whenever you ask Siri to do something or find something, she can find it. But I never use Siri because it's just not very good, at least not compared to uh, the Google uh, assistant that I'm using. And so I turned that off and that was immediately noticeable that, that really improved everything. I turned off all the like visual effects, like uh, the, um, the animations to open or to close a program. Um, I turned off all the spell correction, the spellings correction, the automatic guesses on whenever you type something in Google. You know, it starts to search already. All these tiny little things. I, I did about like 10 or 15 things. And I, I turned it all off, turned it all off. And then now it is... It's just as fast as it was when I, when I first bought it. It's insane. It's all software. So the, the actual device is still just as fast as it was. It was just all this newer software that I didn't use anyway when I bought the thing. And I still really don't care for it because, you know, if I want to do more advanced stuff, I will use my, my current phone and my current iPad. But, uh, but I'm so glad that I can use it again. Um, so... Just wanted to uh, pass that on. If you have a very slow iPad or other device, just Google how to make it faster. And and a lot of those tricks really work and really make a difference. And with that, we've come to the end of this show. The first new episode of The Break with Father Roderick. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're a patron, I hope to uh, get some of your input about these changes on the Discord server. And if you have anything else that you want us to do or to think about, let us know. You know how to find us.